Some erratic sand spirits attack Jack in the desert, or so he thinks. Next, a mad scientist hopes Jack will fall for his nasty tricks. Then, an underground society holds a winter-take-all tournament to win a magical sword. Finally, an earthy temptress tries to spring her trap on the unsuspecting samurai. Can Jack be beaten by these four nasty seasons? Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Back to the cast. Gotta recap. It is episode 49. Nick Montagani, I'm here with Brendan Riley. Brendan, a pleasure to be with you, my friend. Uh, it's good to see you, too. How are you? How 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 is your how's your week been? Uh, it's been pretty good. My allergies have been absolutely destroying me. For the past it's few a rough days. time. Yeah. It's, it's, some would say that the changing of the seasons is responsible for such. A yeah, thing. some would say that. And I am mad about it. Not that they would say that, but <laughs> about the allergies. <laughs> <laughs> People will say a lot of things. You, know? you never really know what anyone's going to be up to. Um, yeah, I feel that I've had a, I've had some allergy issues the last week or two mm. uh it's tough you know living where we are the seasons kind of affect everyone in the same way so it it, it, it can be difficult to kind of work through those things yeah you know surrounded by trees sleeping with my head practically out of an open window <laughs> you got to do what you got to do it's been pretty warm here yeah it uh, really has yeah it kind of goes like zero to 60 these days like li- almost literally zero <laughs> <Yeah>. to 60 <laughs> Uh, hey, Brendan, I've got a surprise for you this Ooh, week. What is it? Uh, I want to get immediately into the episode recap because I've got some shit to talk about. Oh, good. One of us does. Let's do it. Okay. So right off the bat, let's go ahead and say uh, episode 49 of Samurai Jack titled The Four Seasons of Death. Okay. Um, which is a is a title that they showed during the episode. We'll talk about it. Mm. Um, that that's not necessarily what I wanted to talk about, though. At the top of the episode, Brendan, what I what I wanted to mention to you, um, the air date of this episode was September twenty fifth, two thousand four. Uh, you might not recall, uh, but the last episode that we we recapped, Jack versus Aku, the air date of that episode was November 2003. Um, so almost an entire year between air dates in, in, in these last two episodes. Yeah, that's wild. Um, it's really crazy. I'm not really sure what happened with that long of a hiatus, but I have some info for us on kind of how we, we've moved into the home stretch on the original run of Samurai Jack. Mm-hmm. We only have four episodes left to to recap in season four. Um, and I found some info on this. I did some heavy Googling. <laughs> My fingers were exhausted by the end of this this searching that I, I believe that it. I did. Yeah. 
I'm still recovering from that. Um, everyone, I've set up like a GoFundMe if anyone wants to fund my finger uh, massages. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to actually do anything with the money. He's just going to put it in a bowl and dip his fingers in it. Mm-hmm, and it'll make me feel so, so good. <laughs> Uh, the, so this is really interesting. I, yeah, like I said, I don't know what happened in the, the almost entire year between the last episode we talked about and the episode we're about to talk about. Um, but I did find a press release from August, 2004, um, that mentioned that the final four episodes of Samurai Jack aired as a marathon on September 25th, 2004. Okay. All four of the final episodes that you and me will go through in the coming weeks all aired on the exact same night. In one after another. Um, actually, not one after another because they were like alternating with the Gendi Tartakovsky uh, Star Wars Clone Wars uh, miniseries. Oh, you know what? That sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. I'll send you this press release and I'll, I'll link it in the show notes too. Cause it's kind of fun to like read press release releases from 2004. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like just a kind of an interesting end to the run of Samurai Jack for it to like seemingly be off the air for an entire year. Yeah. Maybe they decided to pull the plug in 2003 and then we're just sitting on these for a while. Right. And decided they could probably drum up some excitement for the Star Wars series by pulling these out. Yeah. Just give like that a little extra oomph because that was like their their newest going concern was like, we got to get these. Yeah. These Star Wars, these mm. Star Wars episodes have to be hot. So like, what can we do to pump these up like even more? Um. I'm yeah, I, I I guess I'm not too sure. There's so many questions that you and me have brought up like over the entire series, like especially in these last two seasons where like we've seen the air dates get like crazy. Yeah. Like, different from each other. Um, and this was, yeah, just some interesting info. Like based on what I read about this, too, it doesn't even really seem like Samurai Jack was like ca- canceled. It just kind of um, stopped. Yeah. Can you imagine, though, this kind of like makes me think there could be a world where Jack versus Aku was the last episode. It And, and it seems like it was for, for a while. Yeah. <laughs> almost an entire year, um, which would have been interesting. And knowing what I know, what like the actual last episode of Samurai Jack was for 13 years, like it actually would have been more appropriate. Uh, Brendan, I can't wait for you to see <laughs> But yeah, just really weird. And yeah, like like I said, it doesn't seem like it was ever actually canceled. It seems like (sighs) Gendy had like moved on to other projects that he was doing, including Star Wars and like some other stuff. Mm. Um, Cartoon Network was, yeah, like pimping other shows that they were more interested in showing at at that point. So like, I don't I don't think they were willing to give like the airtime to Samurai Jack. Yeah. Yeah. the actors on the show probably were up to other stuff. Phil Lamar has been a very busy man for the last like 30 years. Well, was so. um, Foster's Home coming out around that time? Because I think that's another Gendy and Phil Lamar's on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Uh, yeah, 2004 sounds about right. I never really watched Foster's, but in my in my memory, that that kind of. Yeah, I think it was around the time that I was in middle school, which I think lines up kind of properly. Okay. I don't know. I'm bad with I'm bad with time <laughs> these days. 
it's been a flat circle for a very long yeah. time. Once I told somebody I've been doing something for 15 years and I was like, no, that would have made me 15 at the time. There's no way that's possible. <laughs> How old am I? <laughs> what year is it? Yeah, just kind of a weird like way for the show to even go out with like a four. Like, let's push those four episodes right out at the end and then like we'll worry about it later. Mm-hmm. Um, I did just want to bring up to you, uh, Brendan, I know that, you know. We don't have to spend too much time on this, but uh, are you familiar at all with how uh, the Legend of Korra kind of finished up its run on Nickelodeon? Uh, I, I vaguely remember people being excited about it. This was like around college, though. People this like, was, was it crowdfunded yeah. or something? It like stopped no. and then people were really excited that it was coming back for something. It was really weird. Like it aired all the way up through like the middle of season three. And then the ratings were so bad that they pulled it off the air and pushed all of the episodes to streaming online on Nickelodeon.com. And people assumed that it was canceled at that point, but they had already completed a season four and pushed that entire season four also to streaming. Um, Really? All at once? I think they did that like week by week. Okay. Um, But it was a really big deal at the time for, like, Nickelodeon to have, like, one of their big shows be, like, exclusively streaming Mm -hmm. as opposed to airing on, like, the actual cable network. Um, They kind of did that show dirty. Like, they never gave it, like, the marketing or attention that it needed. So, like, it kind of was always destined for, like, a weird exit like that. Yeah, I feel like I didn't know it was a thing until that happened because that's when people in school started really talking about it. It was a pretty big, yeah, news story at the time. Um, but that was, yeah, that was like a highly publicized thing. The Samurai Jack nonsense, I would really like to like get to the bottom of like what happened here. Um, but I don't think we're ever going to get that no, probably opportunity. Not. not unless we get that interview with Gendy. Got to get him on here. He's the only one who can kind of straighten us all out. But could you imagine if we had him on our show and we were like, hey, by the way, can you tell us like what happened with the streaming schedule and like all of these wacky dates? He'd be like, guys, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> he might not even remember at this point. Probably. Yeah, probably not. He'd be like, I don't this know. Some 20 sort years of, ago. Some sort of bullshit. <laughs> I don't know. And we'd be like, oh, that's all we got for you, though. Thanks for coming uh, on. <laughs> uh, second question. Wh- who would win, Jack or Aku? <laughs> All right, guys, I'm leaving. <laughs> this interview's over. Um. Okay, we will uh, just have to wait and see if we find those answers. Before we do that, uh, we must recap this episode 49, the four seasons of death, we, we call it. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, Brendan... Uh, right at the opening of the episode, there's a black screen, and then in, in that familiar papyrus font, we see the words, Seasons of Death. Very spooky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really setting the tone. Uh, I'm scared. Uh, but it's followed by the word, Summer, dot, dot, dot. And kind of the way this episode is presented is like four shorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Each of them focused on a different season uh, and and kind of four seasons of death is like an interesting title for this because like they're not all necessarily about like people dying. But I guess they all kind of are about like violent acts or like Mm. acts of of harm done to people. I don't know. You know, I, I have no problem with the title necessarily. Yeah, it's fine. It works. 
it gets the job done. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of a fun idea that they went with here. We're like, let's make an episode about Jack's uh, travels through this this crazy world and the crazy people he's going to run into. But let's theme each of these shorts around an individual season. Um, a fun idea. And I think, yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it with each one of these four shorts that we're going to talk about, but like they, they have varying degrees of success in like, are they a good short? And then success in terms of like, do they accurately sort of portray or convey like the season that they're based around? I think some of them pull that off better than others. I think you would probably agree with that. Yeah, for sure. But let's go ahead and start with summer. Let's do it. Seems reasonable. Here we are. It's summertime. Uh, we're hanging out by the beach. I got my bikini on and I'm drinking Coronas. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's a great time. What? Which way to Muscle Beach, Brendan? Could you tell me the way to Muscle Beach? Uh, it's that way. <laughs> uh, for those at home, I can't tell which way Muscle Beach is because Brendan tried to flex, but there was <laughs> certainly no bulges poking out of those biceps. So, Nope. It's all right, Brennan. I wouldn't attempt to do the same. (laughs) Uh, There's some shots of an arid desert and there's a burnt orange sky with a, with a big sun hanging high above it. And uh, we're looking out over some big sun scorched cliffs and very little else in this desert. Um, And against the cracked earth, we see Jack's sandals click clacking as he walks along through this desert. The harsh sun is really glaring down on him, and he is just completely dripping with sweat. Um, He could really use a straw hat in this particular Mm -hmm. scene that he's found himself in. But for some reason, he doesn't have one. It's weird. Yeah, you'd you'd think if, if there was any occasion for him to have one, it would be this. But he does not have one, so he takes matters into his own hands and tears up a part of his gi to fashion a headscarf that he wraps around himself. And he keeps walking along through the desert uh, and he looks out on the horizon and there's some red dust clouds that start to swirl up. Jack is watching them very, very closely as the clouds start gathering into like a large shape, like they start combining into one another. And that cloud gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And as it does, a sinister face forms in the cloud and this wispy dust ghoul roars and lunges towards Jack's position. It's kind of spooky looking. I don't really, I don't really like it. Very creepy little thing. Yeah, made of like this red desert dust and it's got like yellow sinister eyes and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Spooky. Creepy. Yeah. How will Jack find his way out of this one? I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he'll die. Maybe that's the point of the episode. Four seasons of death. How about just one season of death? Summer. (laughs) And then the rest Uh, of the episode is just dead air. The black (laughs) screen. Everyone in different seasons talking about like, hey, remember when Jack died during the summer? That was wild. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it lunges towards Jack. He dodges out of the way and grabs his sword and swipes at the creature as it makes another attack, uh, but kind of just like, it, it dodges his attack like he doesn't he doesn't make any connection with it. Um, and now he looks out and there are several other dust demons that start forming on the horizon in the desert as well. 
And so now he's being attacked from all sides by like a, a, a series of these these weird creatures in the desert. And as this happens, the camera keeps cutting back back and forth between uh, Jack uh, kind of fighting off these demons and then cutting back up to that beaming hot sun mm-hmm. above him. Um, repeatedly, it does this over and over and over again, just to remind you, like, hey, that, you know, Jack, that, that sun is on him. Yeah, it's still hot. Don't forget. Um, Jack looks on in horror as dozens of these cloudy shapes surround him from all sides, and they soar in, and, you know, he dodges their attacks as best he can. He tries fighting back, but again, his own attacks, his attacks cannot land on these things. Um. And he's starting to lose his breath. He's like completely out of energy underneath this hot sun that we keep looking up at. Mm-hmm. And uh, he like gives up. He collapses to the ground. This seems like it's it's it for him. Um, but he hoists himself up with his sword and uh, a dust demon soars directly in his his direction. And, and Jack looks away knowing that, like, this is it for him. Like, this is the final blow. This is the the final stand for Samurai Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's ready. To, he just accepts it at this point. This is it. I'm exhausted. I could use a bottled water, mm-hmm. um, but I'm I'm not going to get it. I'm, I'm going to get got by this demon. What do you think Jack's preferred uh, bottled water brand is? <sighs> Isn't there, like, a Fuji water? There, uh, There is, yeah. Editor's note, it's Fiji water, you morons. Comes in square bottles. It's very hip. Does anybody buy that kind of shit anymore? I don't think anymore, no. I remember it used to be big on, like, TV shows you'd see people drinking it all the time. Product placement, baby. Yeah, and you could always tell because it was a square bottle. (laughs) (laughs) I think Jack is a Perrier kind of guy. Ooh. Really likes that that bubbly water. He likes, yeah, a little extra spice Mm -hmm. in his water. It, uh, I, I, I used to be like a Poland Springs kind of guy yep. myself. And then as I've gone on, like I've lived in apartments that are like not nice, but nice enough where like I can trust the tap water that I drink and yeah. I just drink it. Yep. That's usually what I go for too. Um, but there's a lot of people in this country where that is not a reality for them. So like, let us know what kind of water you drink. <laughs> send us your favorite brands of water. Send we'll, us, we'll do a taste test brands. comparison. <laughs> Uh, ooh, bonus episode. Um, yeah, they, uh, Jack collapses to the ground. This, it seems like this is the end of him and he, and he picks himself up and, uh, that, that demon heads straight for him and it, it, it's about to connect with his body, but what it actually does is it passes straight through his body and then dissipates without leaving a single scratch on Samurai Jack. Mm -hmm. And he starts to realize something's up here. Um, and he looks on as more and more of these demons soar to him. And he just calmly closes his eyes as they also pass by him harmlessly. And he stands up, sort of steadies himself as these these dusty demons swirl around in the air behind him. It's like a pretty chaotic scene, like behind him in the background. Mm-hmm. But he puts up one hand and calms himself and closes his eyes and, uh, yeah, those demons just keep, like, blasting through him and, like, zipping around all behind him. And he very calmly walks away from this scene. Yep. Uh, he actually walks back the direction he was coming from at the beginning, 
we have the same shot of this like establishing like landscape that we got at the beginning of the episode, but now he's just going the other way. It's like, oh, all right, uh, just first of all, calm down, Jack. And now let's, you know, get the fuck out of here. Go, <laughs> go back where you came and uh, everything's going to be fine. Um, Brendan, these these demon, these dust demons were never actually there. It was a mirage. It was a trick of the mind under the hot desert sun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, luckily for Jack. He's going to be fine, but he's got to get out of this desert before his mind starts playing more tricks on him. Um, Clear of mind, he continues walking through the desert and uh, he opens his eyes and there's an oasis that's forming in the distance uh, with these big palm trees uh, hanging over a large pool of water. And Jack is very frustrated with this new vision that he's he's seeing he actually says you know will these visions never cease he's like oh great like another one yep sick of these barrages and we actually see it like ripple into view yeah it kind of forms out of nothing it's not it's not like it was always there Mm -hmm. um but yeah jack jack doesn't believe that this is really there just like the demons were not really there and uh, he walks towards this oasis while keeping his eyes closed, just trying to stay calm. And he takes one big step and then plunges into an actual pool of water because this oasis in the desert is actually there and was not a vision. What a twist. Do you think that's ever happened? I don't know. Well, because it's it's a, it's a trope. Like, it's in it's a, a lot of things. Trope. Yeah, so there, it has to be based on something, but... Must be. I don't know. Hope I never find myself... In the middle of a desert, because I'll fall down like Jack did, and then I just I you just don't get back up. up. Yeah, yeah. I never intend it. to go to a desert. If I find myself anywhere near a desert, I gotta get the hell out of there. I'd like to go to the Grand Canyon. That's like a desert, right? I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's a not very, unlike a desert. It's a very pampered desert where yeah. there's <laughs> millions of people around at any time. But uh, yeah, you know. Um. Yeah, this was not a uh, mirage. This was an actual desert oasis that Jack has plunged into the pool of. And uh, he pops his little head up from the water and uh, he has a big smile on his face. Something's finally going Jack's way. Everything's coming up, Jack. And that is the end of summer. Mm-hmm. So, Brendan, we're moving on to the next season. We are. Yeah, I felt like these moved really quick when I was watching them. Some of them more than others. Yeah, by the time I got to winter, I was like, is this really going to be the whole episode? Like, it kind of, it felt like it was moving faster than it would be able to, to sustain, like, a whole episode. The pacing of these, these episodes, these, like, shorts is pretty good, like, throughout. Mm. Like, none of them, yeah, feel like they drag or, like, blaze through the content. Yeah, it does kind of feel like they're all as long as they sort of need to be. Yeah, yeah. Which is good. That's, that's a big compliment where like a show trying to pull this kind of thing, like, yeah, m- might have fucked that up. And I don't feel it they, like they did. Yeah, we've seen them have pacing issues in the past. So it it's nice that it worked out here. For sure. Fades to a black screen and uh, the word fall comes across the screen. Um, Brendan, how can we be sure that it's fall? A bright green leaf turns red in three fucking seconds and falls <laughs> and off of a tree. Falls off a tree. <laughs> I like that. It does feel like that sometimes, though. 
It does. Yeah. Especially where we're from, like it will from one day to the next, like it can be radically different. Yeah. And then they're all gone in a week. It's like once they turn red, that's it. Yeah. It's that's over. You know. That's the telltale sign. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. That le- that leaf turns color, falls down and it, it floats all the way down to the grassy ground. And as soon as it does, a little hand reaches out and grabs this leaf off the ground and we see that there's a odd little man who's holding this leaf in front of his face and lets out like a satisfied grunting noise. Yeah, I remember this guy. I don't yeah. remember. I didn't remember anything else about this episode. But as soon as I saw this guy, I recognized him. He definitely makes a pretty big impact. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I can believe that. An emotionally scarring impact. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's, you know, as as a child, you you might uh, have nightmares of this, this, this person for <laughs> years to come. And even as an adult, that might be the case. <laughs> this this whole segment's fucked. It's pretty fucked up. Um, it's this little mad scientist alien dude. He's got like a round teal hairless body, mm-hmm. kind of like pill shaped. Yep. Um. He's got this big, wide mouth uh, that's lined with these sharp teeth, uh, and he's wearing, like, these little red goggle specks over his eyes. Um, he's, co- like, constantly dripping with sweat. This this dude is, like, perpetually on edge about something. Yeah, he's a little weirdo, this guy. He's a little sick freak, and he's got sick delights that... Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm glad we don't get too far into. We simply don't have the time when it's shorts to really kind right. of get into. You just imagine the horrors that he would get up to. <laughs> we can. The luckily for us, all we have to do is imagine and not yep. see. <laughs> He's this, yeah, pretty grotesque little guy, like running around inspecting individual fallen leaves from the trees. And, like, he's spitting at ones he disapproves of and then, like, laughing maniacally when he finds the good leaves. Mm-hmm. He's trying to find those primo leaves. Yeah, only the best. Yeah, he spends some more time gathering leaves and walks through this big grassy field towards this old creaky windmill that's in the distance. And he enters inside the windmill, and it's full of lots of, like, high-tech machinery and lab equipment that's being powered by like old timey spinning wooden wheels. So it's kind of like a fun, like combination of like his high tech mad scientist equipment being powered by like this old ass windmill that yeah. he's shacked up in. I do like the windmill. I like there's a little bit they do every time he goes inside where he has to wait for one of the blades to go by. <laughs> yeah. Every single time. Yeah. Patiently waiting just to like make sure he doesn't get wiped out by one of the blades. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it would have had to have happened to him at least once for him to now like yeah. stand there yeah. and wait. Now, like, I, now I know I won't <laughs> make this mistake twice. Um, yeah, he's he's sitting in his laboratory or laboratory. What what would you prefer? I prefer laboratory. Okay, we're gonna roll with that. Yeah. Uh, he's sitting uh, at his workbench in his laboratory. Ooh. How do you feel? Good. I love it. Okay. Good. <laughs> Uh, And he's grinding up the leaves he's collected in like this little mortar and pestle and uh, mixes in some chemicals that create like loud explosions. And uh, he's creating some sort of weird like little toxic sludge. Yeah. 
Not really sure exactly what he's up to just yet, but he's like kind of like sweating and laughing as he goes along making this concoction. He's sweating for almost the entire episode, I think. If very, not the entire very thing. sweaty guy. Oh, yeah. I, I, Someone whose sweat levels rival even yours and mine as we sit here recording these episodes in our hot rooms. Yeah, can't have the window open. We learned our lesson last time. No crickets in this episode, as far as I can tell. Um, he uh, needs some more ingredients, so he runs back outside and snatches up like a bunch of flowers that are growing in the field and places them into some sort of like little device that he's got on him. Um. He's a fucking weird little guy. Like, there's a bee that flies around him, and then he whips out a frog-like tongue to eat the bee. Yeah, yep, he certainly does. He uh, runs back inside the lab. Yeah, just like you said, he has to stand and wait for the blade to pass before he can go back inside his laboratory. Um, But he goes back inside and then, like, synthesizes all this stuff he's collected into these two little pills and plops them into the liquid mixture he created and then drops it all into a regular ass kitchen blender. Yep. <laughs> and just chucks the bowl away. <laughs> Don't need this shit anymore. All I need is this black and decker. Um, you know, yeah, probably every scientist worth their salt has, you know, like a, a, a kitchen blender or like a, like a mixer, like one of those handheld, Cake mixers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, in I your actually, laboratory. I wouldn't be surprised if many do. There's probably some practical uses. It seems for that like, kind of yeah, stuff. it seems kind of useful. They probably have like a nicer one, like a, a ninja. I've got a couple of ninja products. My uh, brother in law works for the parent company of Ninja and uh, sometimes surprises us or, yeah, uh, gives us a couple, you know, helpful appliances. I'll tell you what, uh, I am not paid by the ninja company, but I guess it is some sort of conflict of interest where I have a family member (laughs) who works for the company. Uh, Ninja, fine kitchen products. Uh, Mm -hmm. Take yourself out to Target and pick up a uh, air fryer or something. You will not be be disappointed. Yeah. That is my personal endorsement. Um, Anyway, he dumps all this shit into his blender and uh, creates this black liquid, which he dumps into a beaker and holds it up into like a light shining from above. So like whatever he's made, he it's finally ready to go. He's very proud of it. Yeah. yeah this is his life's work in one little beaker in his hands. Um, he runs back outside up to this water well that's on the side of the road of like this dusty little path cutting through the forest. Um and he giddily hops up and down as he's standing next to this well, like ready to enact his plans. Um, and he dumps the beaker of black liquid into the well. And we can see it in the water and it kind of like spreads through the water. But then when a bright flash, it goes completely invisible mm-hmm. in the water. Um, so no one would suspect a thing. No. Unless someone was to blow their cover to a passing <laughs> samurai. Yeah, yeah. And even uh, is odorless. Yes, yes. It's, it seems completely uh, undetectable in the, the well water that he's dumped it into. Um, he, he laughs and leaps into some bushes near the well and peeks his freakish little face up to watch the well in great anticipation. Um. I'm not sure that he ever necessarily had it out for Jack 
specifically? No, no. It's this seemed like uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the thing. Shit, never mind. Fuck it. This seemed like anyone. And he, he, he just wanted to get someone with this. He's just a little sick fuck, like waiting for whatever like unfortunate traveler comes down the road next. Depraved heart is the phrase I was looking for. Fair. That's fair enough. Yep. Um, he certainly is that, or a sick fuck, like I call <laughs> you know, whichever, yep. <laughs> whichever way you want to go with it. Um, he looks down that long dirt road, and uh, sure enough, in the distance, Samurai Jack appears, and he watches Jack walk towards him and towards the well. And there's a big metal ladle that's on the side of the well, and Jack uh, inspects the water. And yeah, just like you said, he sniffs it to like make sure it's okay. And it seems like nothing kind of comes up. Mm -hmm. seems good to go. Um, Yeah, the scientist is watching from the bushes. He's like edging as he watches Jack like (laughs) inspect this water. He's like, essentially, hurry up. Yeah. But he might get, yeah, he might be getting off on the anticipation. He's a nasty little freak. (laughs) As Um, we've established. As we've established, he's fucking weird, guys. <laughs> if you haven't picked up on it yet. He's a weird dude. <laughs> and we don't trust him as far as we can throw him. Although he's pretty little, so like I might be able to get a good hook out of him. Really toss him across that field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see. Um, Yeah. Jack picks up the ladle and scoops up some water. And he brings it up to his lips. And that scientist is he's ready to burst He's sweating profusely from this bush, like just in waiting for Jack to take a sip. Um, sweat dripping all off of his head, and a single drop of his sweat hits a leaf in the bush that he's hiding in, which would not make enough noise, but Jack is uh, a very great listener, as we've we've seen many times on the show before. Oh, yeah. Yep. He's got real good ears. Supersonic hearing on mm-hmm. Samurai Jack, and he picks up on that that drop of water hitting a leaf. So he hesitates for a minute before he takes a sip of the water. But then sure enough, he goes ahead and he dumps that water right into his mouth. And there's a brief pause, but then Jack starts to choke. Like he puts his hands up to his neck, like he's choking on something and he's convulsing and flopping around and then making these, these pained noises. Um, and he collapses next to the well, sort of out of sight of the scientist. Uh, but he collapses and his, and his feet are, his little sandaled feet are poking around from the side of the well, like kicking around. Yeah. It's kind of fucked up. It's, yeah. Pretty gruesome and then really good work by Jack, as we'll see in a minute, to sort of sell that, yeah, this, whatever is happening here has truly worked. Um, but yeah, he, he collapses and kicks his feet, uh, but then his feet stop kicking as that that scientist is watching on with a big sinister smile, uh, and Jack, yeah, goes completely perfectly still. It seems like Jack may be no more. Mm-hmm. And that's the end. That's how that Jack dies. Then the, they spend the next two seasons saying, "Hey, do you remember when Jack <laughs> died in the fall?" It, it, Maybe it, we'll it do that every back time. around to summer again, so they can do it there too. <laughs> Four seasons of death of Samurai Jack. <laughs> The scientist springs from his little hiding place and runs up to Jack and he approaches his sprawled out motionless body and reaches his hand out to grab Jack and his hand gets very near to Jack's face. But Jack, without even looking up at the scientists, 
uh, reaches up and grabs him by the wrist. And that crazy little scientist shrieks and Jack turns around and looks up at him and spits out the water, which he had been holding in his mouth this entire time, Mm -hmm. spits it directly into this scientist's gaping, shrieking mouth. (laughs) It's fucked up. My God. It's really fucked up. Um, and, and a remarkable move by Jack. Like, the scientist is stunned and accidentally swallows the water. He has no self-control uh, like Jack had. Like, as soon as the water's in his mouth, it goes down his throat. Yep. Really good acting by Jack to sell oh, that yeah. death. It kind of feels out of character for Jack to me, though. Like, for him to, if he thinks the water's poisoned, to, like, hold it as a trap for the person who did it. Yeah. It seems a little brutal. Like, I don't feel like yeah. that's a he typical reaction. You can go for this kind of like retribution, like, oh, you tried to kill me? I'll fucking kill you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You know, he's 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 got to find his way out of any situation he yeah. might find himself in by, you know, whatever means necessary. I mean, it's a good, it's cool. It's a good, makes for a, a good scene. So Certainly. that works out. Yeah. I can, I can <laughs> overlook the, the weird, uh, like, character switch there <laughs> it's all right this is the new jack this is his new kind of personality um he uh yeah the scientist swallows that water and starts to panic and his body very quickly turns into a big pile of dead leaves yeah and J- jack watches as the wind picks up and blows those leaves away into the forest mm-hmm yeah, super fucked up. Really dark. It's really, really dark. Yeah, really, really creepy. And like makes me wonder what the scientist was even doing in the first place, like wanting to turn someone into leaves. Like, is this is this how it works for everyone who drinks this potion that he made? I, I think it might be. And I think that might be why he was scrutinizing the leaves earlier. He only Must wanted the be. natural ones that actually fell from trees. Right. Didn't want the ones from his previous victims. It does make me question, like, how he didn't realize that Jack didn't swallow the water. Because yeah. like, if Jack, if he had, he would have been leaves. <laughs> That's what I was wondering too. Like, so that that throws my other theory out because if he knew that he was supposed to turn them into leaves, he would know how quickly it worked, right. and he would suspect something was up when all Jack did was like choke and die. But if this is his first time, he could be like, ah, "I fucked up. I didn't make it right." Uh, I'm not sure he's going to get a second chance. Nope, certainly not. Because now he's leaves. <laughs> As we all will be one day. You know, made, we all return to the earth and become leaves. He made like a tree and fucking died. <laughs> That's the end of the scientist. <laughs> um, Jack picks himself up and puts his straw hat back on. And... Uh, he starts to walk away, but he draws his sword and swipes at the well a single time. He walks away and like it's kind of still for a moment, but then the well bursts and falls into pieces and the water spills everywhere. Yep. I so I half expected like a woodland creature to come out and start licking up the water from the ground. And become leaves like a little squirrel's like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, you know what? Here's a good bit, Brendan. Squirrel comes out, licks up the water and then stares directly into the camera and says, oh, nuts. And then turns into leaves. And then he pulls out a PSP and they both turn into leaves. <laughs> the commercial where the car swerves off the road and then the two squirrels give each other. Like oh, they, yeah. dap, they dap each other up. 
Um, you know, any anything was possible, but no, Jack Jack spills the water and nobody else will become leaves today. Today. At least. <laughs> um, that is the end of fall. Brendan, we're moving on to winter. Mm hmm. This is where I imagine there would have been a commercial break. Yeah, I, I think so. There wasn't like an obvious cut in this one, I think, because of the structure of it. It's hard to tell when, yeah, between each short, it fades to black. But I, I think you're right about that. Um, Yeah, it's wintertime and we're looking at a black screen and uh, there's something clanging against the black screen. And then we see that there are some like frost giants mm -hmm. that are hammering away with pickaxes in this big underground crystal mine, which is very Elden Ring. Oh, yeah, it is. I knew you would like that one, Brendan. This, oh, these are, you know that I do. I killed a lot of these guys trying to get their <laughs> crystals so I could, yeah, up my uh, katana. Yep. That's the most we will talk about Elden Ring. On See, what you Samurai really Jack had to podcast. do was you had to go out and find the, the miner's bell bearing so that you could just buy the crystals. I did also do that. And yeah, it Good. made my life much easier. Yeah, trust me, I didn't <laughs> I didn't keep going back to the mines being like I need more crystals farming like a fool. No. I played the game the right way. I platinumed it, don't you know? I did know that. And you did as well. I did as well. Yep. No one can call us fake Elden Ring fans. I think we've proved our 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 metal here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, perhaps we'll talk about that at a later date if I should give you the platform to do so. <laughs> We'll find out. Who knows? The longer the longer we stray from it, though, the less likely I am to remember anything. Very irrelevant now at this point. Yeah, we're months <laughs> away. I don't think anyone cares anymore. That's what Game of the Year podcasts are for. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll spend a lot of time there. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to let you do most of the talking because I'm still not really sure what I did in that game, even though <laughs> I platinumed it. Um, yeah, these, these frost giants. Does frost giants sound like a reasonable descriptor for them? I kind of thought they looked like trolls, but I think you're probably spot on with the frost giant thing. Yeah, it's just easy for me. Yeah, you know. no, I think it's fitting. Yeah. Large blue guys. Big guys who live in a cold cave. Yep. Um, they're collecting mounds of these crystals and uh, we kind of get a montage of like what they're doing with all these crystals. They they put them into like this large machinery that crushes them into like big solid slabs. Mm -hmm. um, and then a crane picks up these slabs and dumps them into a big river of lava. And uh, they dump out that lava and collect it into a big cauldron and then pour it into a mold. Mm -hmm. So this is a cast, uh, cast sword that they're making, which is already going to be weaker than a forged blade. You know how it is. It's the name of that show, Forged by Fire. Forged in Fire, I think. Okay. Yeah, the one with the guy who goes, your blade will kill. <laughs> he, that guy's so into that job. He loves cutting stuff up. I don't like, I, I don't watch that show, but like any clips where I've seen where they cut through like a big like fish or like a big block of ice or something, yeah. I'm like, does anyone have anything better to do with their day? Not these I people. Don't know. I guess I am sitting here talking about frost giants <laughs> making a sword on a show that was on 20 years ago. So, like, who am I to talk? And you about? could just be making a sword on a show that's on now. This is true. A real one that could really do some damage. Yep. I actually I did watch a, a lot of that show and started seriously considering getting into 
like metal forging. But then it's, I thought about just how hot it would be. Oh, decided miserable. against it. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Nah. <laughs> Blacksmithing is kind of an interesting thing to me because it's been around, you know, God, thousands of years, like the practice yeah. of blacksmithing. And like, I don't know how much like the practices have changed. I mean, obviously, like people's like the the tools and things that people mm. use are more sophisticated. But like, I feel like it's kind of the same basic idea. You're still just, yeah, you're been. still just heating up metal and banging on it. That's pretty. I don't know. There's yeah. Something cool about the rudimentary nature of like, this is, (laughs) this is what we as humans know to do to make these things that we need. And I control nature. Yeah, it's crazy. I am the master of the elements. (laughs) Um, yeah, they're there. They are making some sort of sword. Uh, they're performing like a big ceremony out of forging this sword like it's clearly very important to the frost giant culture um and a procession carries this big flaming hot sword into a big icy pit and drops it down into the pit and then it seems like sometime later this big beast tows a sled out from a cave uh, and on that sled is the sword that they made that is now encased in like this great big block of ice. Mm-hmm. It's kind of unclear like how long this process has taken. Like it could have been in that cave for like a very long time. Yeah. Well, to get that giant block of ice around it, I imagine that's like the tempering step. So they probably didn't wait longer than they had to. Get but. technical with me, Brendan. Tell me all the f- the sword <laughs> forging details. Well, so you got to cool it down before mm, you can heat it yeah. back up again. That improves okay. the strength of the blade. All right. Yeah. So I imagine that's what that was. It's like quenching it, like when you when you dip it in the the the, the barrel of oil next to the furnace, and it goes. Tss. Yeah. It sometimes catches fire, and you got to stick your arm in it. Rad. Yeah. Fucking metal. <laughs> <laughs> um. For this big, yeah, for this great big block of ice to for like form around this flaming sword, it could have taken. I don't. I mean, it literally could have been sitting in that cave for like hundreds of years, mm. for all we know. You know, we're not sure. Um, but they uh, place this big block of ice under a single beam of sunlight in this big chamber and let the ice melt naturally. Um, and eventually it does, it like cracks and blasts away from this brilliant gleaming sword that is now unleashed. Uh, the, the sword gets blasted with fire from this massive chained up dragon. Yeah. The, the dragon looks kind of bored. They're like yeah. holding it in on like a long pole through a, a like a window in a wall. Yeah. And the dragon on like a giant chamber, like this is the only thing it ever gets to do is breathe fire at a sword like every 500 years or whatever <laughs> it's been. Yeah, they're they they keep working on it. They they place the sword on the table and like this group of blacksmiths pound away at it with like these mighty hammers. And then they sharpen it with a grindstone that's being powered by these two wild hogs on conveyor belts. The very intricate process to to forge the sword. Yeah, I like the amount of detail they put into like the technology they use in a, in a lot of this episode actually, even in the the last uh section. Yeah, for sure. Um the uh sword they 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 paint some runes, like some sacred runes on the sword. There's like a very stone-faced one of these giants in like a robe he looks painting on it. 
he looks exactly like Darkseid from the Superman comics. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if that was intentional. I imagine that it was. Uh, I could see it. Yeah. Um, he's the only one who looks like that. He's got the, like the cracked face, like very gargoyle-y. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's he's performing some sort of like mystical ritual with the sword. Um, and then the sword gets blasted by a bolt of lightning from above. So it's like every element is being poured into this one sword. Um, it's going to be dope. It's going to be a really badass sword that's going to like cut through stuff. In, yeah, indestructible, I bet. Uh, certainly nothing could harm it. Not like any old sword that you might <laughs> see on a passerby. Uh, we'll find out. Um it cuts to a giant arena that's filled with these chanting frost giants. And one of them, it looks like their king or their leader is something, is standing high above on this hill, uh, holding that sword above his head and plunges it into a rock as it crackles with electricity. Um, and somebody bangs a very large drum and then a tournament commences. Did your subtitles tell you what they were chanting? In that scene. No, I I don't recall exactly what it said, but it might have just said like chanting because uh, it sounded to me and this might just be my bias because I like I said, I thought they were trolls for a while. It sounded like they were just yelling troll, troll, troll over and over. <laughs> we're trolls. We're <laughs> not even trolls. just troll. That's like, like a, troll stuff like a bunch of people standing around in an arena going human, human, human <laughs> <laughs> trolls rule humans <laughs> drool. <laughs> It didn't it didn't tell me that, but uh, I'll go back and look just to confirm if they were saying troll, troll, troll. All right. <laughs> That's what I say when I scroll through my Twitter feed. Same. <laughs> Yikes. Um, yeah, this there's this tournament that has now uh, commenced there. The the frost giants, they're they're smashing through each other Um and we focus on one of them in particular. One particular fighter is striking down legions of his brethren in this, this giant fight. Um, and he delivers a few more massive blows and looks around to see that nobody else is standing. He is the victor of this, this tournament. Um, and climbs up that great hill and draws the sword uh, and holds it high above his head. Uh, the rest of the defeated opponents stand up. So it wasn't like a fight to the death. It was just kind of like, you know, let's knock each other around. And whoever's still standing is is good to go. Yeah. To see who gets to wield the sword. They wouldn't want to, you know, kill each other over a sword. Like, no, that would be stupid. How silly would that be? You know, we got a whole society to run. You're going to kill each other over the sword. <laughs> um, From here. Yeah, this this. One frost giant has got the sword and it quickly cuts outside to a snowy landscape and there's a howling blizzard going on. Um, and that that champion stands with the sword at the ready, blocking a pass through some snowy mountains. Um, and again, just like in the last the last short that we talked about, Brendan, it doesn't necessarily seem like this champion or even this underground society of frost giants was necessarily waiting specifically for Jack mm -hmm. just seems like they needed a champion to wield the sword to like protect whatever is on the other side of this mountain pass. And, and whoever comes along is going to face the wrath of this, this mystical sword that they so intricate, intricately designed. 
Yeah, it definitely very much seemed like he just kind of showed up and they were not ready for him. Yeah. Samurai Jack approaches and looks up at that that frost giant through his straw hat and the giant stares down at him and is like like three times his size, just looming over him with a sword that's like even bigger than Jack is. Yeah. Um, and in a flash, the giant raises his mighty magical sword that's been forged over the decades by the hard work and determination of his entire race of people living in the secret underground societies hidden away from the world, protecting some ancient magical power beyond a mountain pass in a howling blizzard. He brings that good old sword down towards Samurai Jack. And what does Jack do, you might ask? Does he die? Brendan, I'm here to tell you he doesn't die. Oh, thank God. What Jack does is he flicks out his sword with his thumb, as we've seen him do before. Mm -hmm. All cool style. Pretty cool style. And in a single swipe, he cuts this mystical sword clean in half. (laughs) Yep. That the entire short that we just watched was devoted to watching the sword get made. And that was a big deal that someone finally got to wield it after like this grand tournament. And in one swipe, Jack cuts it straight in half and ruins everything for this society. (laughs) Hundreds of man hours went into that. Yeah. People probably died trying to make this thing. (laughs) I mean, Jack doesn't know that history. No. But, um... Yeah, he makes quick work of this sword that took much longer to make than the own sword that Jack is wielding right now. Like Jack's sword, that came together pretty quickly. I mean, obviously, we know it's it's the most powerful sword in the world. But, um, you know, those those monks, they didn't spend half the time that these these frost giants did. So at least it didn't seem that way from what no. we saw. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't know, though. Maybe it could have been like a, a place outside of time. Yeah, he could have been there for centuries. Yeah. Yeah, Jack cuts that sword right in half and the blade flies off into the snow and crackles once more with electricity, but then stops and is, is kind of dormant. And the giant looks out to that broken blade in the distance and collapses to his knees in defeat, knowing that he's let down his entire race <laughs> in one swipe. Oh, my God. He he's never a stood total a chance. failure. No, no. Never. I mean, he didn't know what he was facing, surely, but like he has to be just like the most ashamed anyone could possibly ever be. Yeah, Jack's a fucking bully. Yeah, Jack didn't even mean to, but yeah, he totally <laughs> made this guy look like a big dumbass. Yeah, Jack sheathes his own sword and leaves this frost giant to grieve behind him <laughs> as he looks on at what's left of his sword in his hands and drops the hilt to the snowy ground beneath him. Rip. Rip the sword, rip this frost giant's career, and uh, rip the winter short that we just watched. That's that's the end of that one. That's it. That's that. So, Brendan, we have but one more to talk about. Uh, of course, we must move on to the final season that they present on this episode, which is... Spring. Hell yeah. The season we find ourselves in currently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think, right? It's May. Yeah. Brendan, uh, I'm going to go ahead and ask you, can you rank your favorite seasons IRL? Um, and before you start, 
there's only one correct answer as, as you and me are both men of similar age who have grown up in the same location mm-hmm. in this, this great country, the United States of America. Um, there is one reigning king of the seasons that if you choose any other one, I don't believe that you're actually <laughs> from here or have any idea what you're talking about. With all that said, Brendan, go ahead and tell me, rank the seasons. You want to do all four? Do them all. Yeah. All hit, right. Hit me. It's got to be, uh, Autumn, spring, winter, summer, in that order. I have a different order, but um, the clear, 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 clear number one is definitely autumn and fall. Fall That fall yeah. is the number one season probably yeah. anywhere, but especially where where Especially here, from. yeah. It, yeah the, you start smelling campfire or wood fires in the air. It's a little cooler. The trees are pretty for like a week. There's no fucking snow on the ground. It's not too hot. <laughs> Exactly. It's it's not so hot where like you're sweating all the time, but it's also not so cold where there's snow. And it's like the perfect weather where like all of the clothes that you have that like fit really good and like are comfortable to wear, mm. like you can just wear those outside before you have to start wearing like your winter jackets again. Yeah. Um yeah. In in New Hampshire, probably all of New England, um, fall is the the king of the seasons, has has never been dethroned in I would I would wager that it never will be. I agree. What was your ranking again? You said autumn and then spring. What yep. did you, what'd you say? Uh, autumn, spring, then winter, summer. Okay. Summer is my least favorite. It's too hot. I prefer to be cold than hot. I can always put on more layers. I can understand that argument. Um, I would go autumn and then probably summer myself because just because it feels like there's more to do in the summertime. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I don't I don't like do beach stuff or hang out outside really i burn too easily so i kind of <laughs> avoid all that i just went to the beach the other day it was like 83 degrees here uh, <sighs> which is really hot for this like early in the year yeah yeah um, then i would probably go winter i don't love the cold and like i'm not like a winter sports like i don't ski or anything like mm. that like a bunch of people around here do um but like all of the best <laughs> holidays are in the winter yeah Winter is like generally when I do my Disney trips. So like it's it's got a kind of a special place in yeah. my heart these days. Unrelated to the season itself, though. Yeah, it's just kind of like like it's, winter gets hitched to the wagon of me going to Disney. So like <laughs> yeah. congratulations to that, to winter. Also, I go to Disney where I'm going to Florida where it's like much warmer <laughs> than it would be during a normal winter around here. So you know how it is. Spring takes up the last place for me. I just kind of feel like spring is kind of like whatever. I don't know. I like spring uh, just because it's another like moderate kind of temperature right. for the most part. I don't like early spring when it's pollen season like, oh, as it is right like, this right, moment. Like currently. Yeah, it's miserable. <laughs> I hate that. But I like the one all the flowers are coming back. Yeah, that's definitely very nice. Um and it is nice, yeah, that, that it's moderate where you're like finally getting out of the cold mm. and like can finally start making your way back outside. That is nice. And then it does get a little too hot. But like if you don't mind going to the beach like I do, like if you enjoy going to that, it's yeah. like it's summer then becomes a nice time. But if you're an inside boy like like you, Brendan, yeah. I can see how s- summer might be, you know, a tough time. I hate the outdoors except in the fall. You're an in an indoorsy guy, but I'll tell you what, Brendan, I'm an equally indoorsy guy. I'm, I'm 
I don't know, especially these last few years, not a lot of outside time where like even even I could have been making the time to go outside and like treating myself to that every now and then. And I'm, I'm like, I could do that. But like, I could also play Nintendo Switch Sports, which just came out. <laughs> and I don't know. I got these decisions to make or I could do a podcast with Brendan. Like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not really sure what I should be doing right now. Lots of choices. Seasons. I'm glad <laughs> it's. It's just obvious, you know, where we're from that fall is, is yeah, the top dog. Yeah, it's got to be. Yep. Get I wonder if that, it is that way. Get to go everywhere. to the apple orchard and get apple cider donuts. Oh, beautiful. Mm. You get to um, do like a haunted hay ride. That's fun. Yep, yep. Um, let's move on with the final season in this this episode. Spring, it is. Uh, Jack is walking through this very dense briar patch full of gnarled thorny vines twisting all around him very springy right off the start yeah, huh he's walking through the intro of uh resident evil 8 <laughs> yeah pretty uh pretty much yeah like the storybook sequence yeah. <laughs> mother was lost in the woods but child came <laughs> running i don't even remember some bullshit like something that. about a moth uh, <laughs> i don't know i don't know it's basically just telling you the plot of the game before the game happens foreshadowing some would call it yeah. Jack is walking through this this scene from Resident Evil 8 and uh looks around at these these black vines surrounding him in this this thicket and uh to his surprise these little flowers start sprouting across the vines all over the place. Uh Brendan, I need your help here cuz I'm colorblind. Are the co- is the primary colors that we see in this scene blue or are they purple? They're blue. Okay, and is the character that we're going to see also blue, or is this character purple? Uh, they're blue as well, like okay, a lighter good. blue. Excellent. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that I struggle with these things. I do, yep. So I rely on you. Um, these. Okay, let's, let's take this again then. These little blue flowers start sprouting all around Jack in this space. Now I'm questioning my memory, though. Like, were they purple? I'm pretty sure they were blue. <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell you. I can't tell you the specifics of the colors of these flowers. I know that they were a color. They were a color. They were certainly colorful. And now Jack is surrounded by color as these flowers emerge and, like, flood the entire space that he's walking through. Um Beneath his feet, this green grass starts, like, spreading out all over the place. Um, and Jack looks up as, yeah, this this dense, thorny thicket that he was just standing in has now become, like, a serene, like, verdant forest of mm-hmm. green grass and, yeah, flowers and trees and, like, all this beautiful vegetation all over the place. A good use of the, the season yeah, they, I think the, so. This was themed around. Yeah, they they really kind of like themed it around like ah, like the the dead plants like coming back to life. I think spring and fall in the episode had the best use of the season itself, whereas summer was just like in a desert. That could have been any season, just in a desert. And then winter was like a snowy mountain, which again could be any season up in a mountain. Exactly. Yeah, the the only like winter element of that was like the Final moments of Jack, like, fighting the frost guy. Yeah, he's in the snow. Like, all we know is there's snow there. Um, You're absolutely right. I had the same thought that spring and fall specifically were the best. 
Uh, I hate to use this terminology, Brendan, but uh, when it came to spring and fall, the writers of this episode of Samurai Jack understood the assignment. They did. Yep, they did. <laughs> Does that sound hip coming out of my mouth? <laughs> Would it sound hip coming out of anyone's mouth? Anyone's? Isn't that a, no. A teacher thing to say? <laughs> It's become like a TikTok thing. I don't know. You know, oh. kids these days. Yeah. It's kids, kids these days love schoolwork. They love understanding assignments. <laughs> yeah, Jack, he's looking around at this this new scenery and he's standing before this large blue bud which unfurls to the bud reveal is Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Don't do this to me. We just talked about this. I know. This well, co- you asked me about the flowers and the lady. The bud, though, it is purple. Why would it be if everything else is blue? <laughs> it's got to stand there. <laughs> it's not fair to me. Uh, okay. He's standing before this large bud of an undetermined color. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that'll work. And it unfurls to reveal a beautiful blue woman who is speaking to Jack in a very quiet whisper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very sensual. Uh, Brendan, uh, this is actually Gray Griffin again, our old friend from Jack and the Bounty Hunters. Oh. Who, uh, as you will famously recall, is the voice of Azula from Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh. Your your favorite? I don't even Uh, know what character that is. She's up to 657 credits now on IMDb. Last time we checked in with her, it was 650. So that's really not bad for only five episodes ago in our timeline. Oh, yeah. Wow. Last five episodes, she's picked up seven more credits. Cranking shit out. Yeah. She's working very hard. I'll tell you what, Brendan, I did. I did inspect her IMDb a little bit more and she plays uh, a handful of characters, including Mandy from the Grim Adventures of... Billy and Mandy. Billy and Mandy. Yeah. And then also uh, Vicky from Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, okay. So that's kind of a good range, though. I wouldn't have thought Mandy and Vicky were the same voice actress or actor or however you want to say it. I'll tell you what's even really interesting is she actually plays. Um, do you know the character Martin from The Simpsons? Is that the bully? No, Martin is the little smart blonde boy who wears like a white polo shirt and is ah, like a very yep. innocent little boy. Um, yeah, she she actually voices that character now and has for the last few seasons because the original voice actress died. And uh, I, I watched a clip of her voicing this character and she actually like it's it's very noticeable for like a fan of The Simpsons to like realize, oh, that's that this is not the same person. Mm. Um, but she does a pretty good job like impersonating the character who had been around for 25 years. So yeah, nice. Um, <laughs> if they don't stop doing that show, they're going to have to do that with every single character. Oh yeah. They won't, they won't stop doing that show. <laughs> that show will never end as much as we beg for it to end. Um, they will not pull that plug. Stop. Um, it's already dead. <laughs> stop. Stop. It's already dead. <laughs> hey, this is fun. We can make yeah, <laughs> disparaging comments about The Simpsons with quotes from their with own quotes episodes. From The Simpsons, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll try to come up with some more. Uh, we'll see what I can do. Um, yeah, this 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 spirit, this flower spirit lady says uh, to Jack that she can see what's inside of him and can see his warrior spirit and his selfless nature, and she calls him 
a hero. And, and she asks Jack, you know, you do all of these things, but what, what replenishes you? And Jack is kind of like unsure what to say and stammers over his, over his words a lot. He goes like, well, why, 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 why? <laughs> what are you getting at, lady? You coming on to me? He, yeah, he can, he cannot even form a sentence because he's so smitten with this forest lady. <laughs> this this um, wood nymph. <laughs> this woman who just came out of a flower not five seconds ago. <laughs> um, she moves towards Jack. She doesn't walk towards Jack because her feet float off of the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, she asks Jack about his quest. And he says, you know, he's been following his destiny, but it continues to be elusive to him. And she dreamily tells him that she's here to nourish him and take away his suffering. And Jack kind of tries to talk his way out of this offer, but she keeps telling him again and again to rest for a little while and she will comfort him. And she moves in really close and is like caressing his face and uh, materializes like some like a running stream of water and like piles of food trying to tempt him into like relaxation in the yep. space. Be at peace, young servant. Be at peace. I am, uh, I, I, I thank you, but uh, I do not think I can. Is it not true that even the gods must rest from time to time? It is true. And you? Are not a god. No. <laughs> He's feeling what the guy from the fall segment was feeling. <laughs> yeah, seriously. He's got that. Yeah, he's chasing that same sort of bliss right now with this <laughs> mysterious lady. Um, but yeah, she she does finally get him to give in and agree to relax in this space, and uh, she lays him down on the grass and he rests his head in her lap which is like very out of character for him yeah. to like, first of all, like rest. Like he doesn't rest a lot. Like he does take some time. Like we've seen him from time to time, like take in some of the joys in life. But like, mm-hmm. he's very much saying like, I'm tired from my journey and I am taking this moment to like pause my journey and, and just relax for a bit. Yeah. It's just really yeah weird to see him laying here with his head in this mysterious woman's lap as like this gentle music is playing in the background. Um, this mysterious stranger's got her arms wrapped around Jack and uh, he smiles and closes his eyes as we see peaceful scenes of glittering light dancing through the sky above and flowers gently floating down the stream of water in the, in this serene little space. It's very... Very peaceful moment for Jack. Um, And we do focus in on Jack's peaceful face, but it's interrupted by this very harsh flash of Aku's scowling face. Yeah, kind of startling, actually. Yeah, it's like a jump scare in the middle of this episode. They did a pretty good job not really, like, telegraphing it like a lot of things will do. Like, there was no, like, buildup. There was a stinger, but I think it worked pretty well. Yeah, it, it kind of takes you by surprise like this this peaceful, serene moment is yeah cut off by Aku and the music cuts out very briefly as that happened and it cuts back to Jack who's like startled up out of his slumber in this woman's lap. Uh, but then the music kicks back in again and uh, he looks around like kind of saying like, what what was that? Um, but then decides to close his eyes and try again to rest 
And no sooner does he put his head back down in this woman's lap that another flash of Aku's face and the sound of him like letting out like a, a angry Aku growl is filling Jack's vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jack is now wide awake and knows that something is not right here. And he shoots straight up out of out of this woman's lap. Um, Brendan, an interesting fact here. Uh, Wikipedia is telling me that this is the very last episode of Samurai Jack that uh, Mako recorded as Aku. Oh. Um, I'm not sure if he doesn't show up again in but this the is remaining. The last time he was in the booth. That's at least what this this said to me. He very way very well might not be in the rest of the episodes in season four. I, I don't remember. I don't recall exactly where we're going from here. Mm. Um, but if this is truly the case of this is like the last performance that we ever get out of Mako, even though it's like not even really a performance. It's just him going. Rah! Yeah, I would have expected that they would have just used old clips for it even. Well, I, hold on. Let's let's figure this out. This these episodes all aired what September twenty fifth, two thousand four. Is that what we determined? Yep, that is what you said. Um, Mako, the voice actor extraordinaire, the voice of Aku, who we know and love and have talked about for now forty nine episodes of this show. Uh, he passed away in two thousand six. Okay. If this is truly the end of his role on this show. Um, I mean, we'll talk about him. We'll maybe try to honor him a little bit more later on a, in, on a, in a different episode. But uh, I guess we'll say, you know, R.I.P. Mako. We've said it many, many times over and over again on this show, like an incredible voice actor with incredible talent. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Brought uh, to life like what I think we consider to be one of, if not the best villains in Mm -hmm. cartoon network history and like even just like animation history from you know our childhood and growing up like aku is one character that will forever stand out uh, amongst others and and wouldn't have been possible without mako's great voice acting talents no certainly not and i'll even give it to him for avatar um iroh is an incredible like flip like the other side of that coin of like someone with like not not necessarily equal power to Aku, but like different power. Uh, and, and he does an incredible job on that show of like balancing, like y- you knowing that like Iroh is like this incredible loving, caring figure mm-hmm. who like is like a family man at, at the end of the day and like and cares most about the people he loves and is like so full of sage wisdom that like many people play him off to be a fool but really he is like the smartest guy in any room he's ever been in yeah it's like fun to like balance that with the other side where like oh also this guy will fucking fuck you up <laughs> um so it is funny like two powerful characters but one of them pure evil and the other one like pure good yeah um and Mako, yeah, just voices both of them like so incredibly and like what a tremendous talent that like is is the world. The world is is the world is worse off without him being still in it to like lend his voice to these characters and like any other great characters that he had along the way. So so we'll talk about Mako, I'm, I'm sure, again on another episode. But like what what a king, what a, what a, what a guy. Yeah. What a talent. Anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, so back to the episode, I might have thought that like the, 
spirit, the weird flower spirit lady was like acting on her own, if not for the flashes of Aku's face in the scene. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure if she's like an agent of Aku or not. Yeah. It seems like she is. Yeah, I'm not really that. sure what it was implying with that or if it was just Jack remembering like she she was trying to lure him into staying there forever. And Jack was just like remembering that he had something he had to do. And I don't right. know if she was actually directly related to it. It's it's kind of unclear, like what relationship she has, if any, to Aku. Mm -hmm. um, but he uh, he he's uncomfortable nonetheless in this situation and knows that he's got to get out. Um, and he starts telling her that he needs to leave. And she tells him very calmly at first. She's like, no, no, not yet. Like, stay around a little while and helps him lay back down. Um and he does lay back down for a moment, but then gets one more vision of Aku and he shouts. He says, I must go. And she grabs him by the shoulders and slams him down. And now her soft, gentle tone is gone. She angrily shouts at him. No, you will stay. Mm -hmm. So whatever kind of facade she was putting up earlier is gone. And like her sinister intentions are like starting to become more clear. Um, and Jack tries to get up. But he is wrapped in like these thorny vines that have now surrounded him in the space. And uh, he breaks free from them and and runs to the the spirit who is standing beyond him in this field. But with a quick surge of green leaves in front of Jack's face, uh, she has vanished. And not only has she vanished, but the entire green space that he was previously in is also now gone. And he is standing again in that like dense briar patch. Mm -hmm. um, there's a path before him through the thorns that Jack runs off through. And as he does, we actually do see that the spirit lady is watching him from within the thorns as an evil smile creeps across her face. So she, I don't know. There was even a time where I was considering like she might not even be like a real person that Jack actually saw. But then like this ending sequence, yeah, it does does seem to yeah. suggest like she was actually there with him at least. Yeah, I think I think it's more likely that she's like an evil spirit of the, the forest or wherever he is more so right. than uh, in cahoots with Aku. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, but in, in any case, Jack Jack broke free of her trap and runs off, and uh, that is how this short ends, and that is the final short and the end of the episode. Brendan, before we do anything, uh, I, I would ask you to rank the, the shorts, the season shorts, um, from best, best to worst, what you thought of all of them. We already talked about which ones we thought sort of best fit mm. the the seasons that they were trying to portray, but like just an overall like quality of them. How, how would you go from one through four? I would probably say that spring is the best. Uh, fall is second. And then summer and winter are hard. I think I would put winter before summer. Okay. Just because I think the forging of the sword was kind of interesting to watch. Summer, I thought was kind of a lot of nothing really. I have uh, almost the exact same ranking as you, but I would swap fall and spring where fall would be my number one mm -hmm. um, just because I, I really appreciated how much they leaned into making it very like fall centric. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I appreciated how hard they tried for that. And then, yeah, then spring 
Uh, Spring, I feel like the most substantive one of these and like had like another character for Jack to converse with and stuff like that. Um, and then Winter was good to forging the sword. I, I thought that whole thing was cool. And then Jack, yeah, just like fucking annihilating that in one second. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> he was just trying his best. You know, he won that whole tournament. It wasn't easy for him to win that thing. And then <laughs> just it was all for job. nothing. Yeah. Um, it was a real shame. Um, and then, yeah, summer, summer and last for me as well. Um, overall, I think it was definitely a fun experiment for them to go with. Like uh, it, it's, it's another one of these examples where they like pick a theme and it probably went to like their writer's room and said like, Hey, like let's get different groups of writers, like making four different things. And like, this is like this, this team, you're going to work on winter. This mm. team, you're going to work on spring. Um, yeah, it kind of felt to me at least early on, not, not so much, uh, the fall or spring ones, I guess, but summer and winter felt like they might be scenes that belonged in another episode, but like just didn't fit in any of them. Yeah. Like, uh, the summer one, I think especially felt like it belonged in the middle of like an episode of Jack traveling the desert and that like the Oasis wasn't the end of it and there should have been more to it. Yeah. I can see exactly what you mean. It, it did feel a little, um, unfulfilled in a way that some of these other ones I feel like had a pretty clear like mm -hmm. beginning middle and end um, that one was kind of just like it was it was it was fine yeah it did kind of seem like just passing the time in yeah. like a hot in a hot area to try to fulfill that summer requirement yeah I don't know yeah it, it, it I think it was more fun for like the experiment other than like not necessarily like I think it was like a great episode I think it was a fine episode but like I just yeah. I think the idea was cooler than like the actual content yeah I don't mind them doing the like the the short story compilations that they they've done a few times now um this one I don't know this one definitely felt like the weakest one even of those like maybe maybe the weakest maybe weaker than uh the three Tales, Jack's, Jack's, oh. Jack's what Tales. A what a claim, Brendan. You're I, saying I might, this might have been worse than Jack Tales. I might put this below Jack Tales. Yeah. Whoa. I did. I It had higher highs than that did. But I felt like those stories actually felt like stories where, like, like I said, a few of these just felt like kind of nothing. True. That's yeah. I'll buy that. Yeah. Like if if this was like it expanded on the fall and the spring, and that was the two halves of it, I think I wouldn't feel that way. But I think summer and winter really dragged it down. I I think you're 100. percent There's a very clear divide. I think in both of our minds between mm -hmm. like the the best two and the worst two. Um, I don't necessarily know though, that like with the, f the format of what they were trying to do here, that like any one of these could have been built out or, or specifically, maybe not any one of these. Cause like you said, like the summer one, I feel like it could have been like a larger story and even the winter one could have been like a larger story, but like the two ones that we liked the most fall and spring felt like these very self-contained things that like, I don't think would have worked as like longer stories. Like they were yeah. perfect short things that like encapsulated like exactly what they were going for and like nailed those themes perfectly. But the, um, yeah, they, but they told a story I think is why they're yes. standing out more than the other ones are. Cause yep. the other two didn't, didn't have a story. There was nothing to them. 
the winter one had some kind of story, but it did feel like some kind of story that like we were picking up on the middle of and like mm. there wasn't really much to it other than like they make a sword and it's really important is like, yeah. that's the whole story. Um, yeah, but I, I think we're both kind of, I, th- I think we're both kind of thinking of this in the same way, but it sounds like you might even be a little more down on it for you to be like, I comparing think I am, this- yeah. For you to be comparing this to Jack Tales, which I consider to be one of the worst episodes of this show. Oh, I don't disagree. Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. Um, so that, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Well, like, to be honest, I remember you telling me earlier this season that people online, like, they'd say this one has some real stinkers. And when I was watching this episode, I was like, uh, oh, is this what is. they're talking about? Yeah. We made it. Um. It's yeah, not not one of my favorites of the season. I thought it was just okay, which is like kind of a stance that I feel like I haven't had so far in this season where like mm. I feel like I've really really loved most episodes actually and then some of them I've been like these were pretty stinky. Yeah. And this one I'm just like I just it's kind of it's fine. I would probably watch it again for like the novelty of like oh, it's the seasons. Like that's kind of interesting. Yeah. See, I was going to say I feel like this is an episode where if I was to watch the show again, I might skip this one. Interesting. Just like pass it over. Just like yeah, that's that's the one where it does the seasons. Uh. <laughs> I see exactly where you're coming from. Like I I I this is not a standout in, yeah, in, in I mean, a like, really meaningful way. And you don't have to agree. I'm not trying to yuck no, your No, I, no, no, I know. Um it's just, oh, Brendan, I'm, I, I'm not sure how to react because usually the, the the tables the tables have been turned here. Usually, I'm the one who really <laughs> hates the episode, and like it's usually an episode that you really love, and I feel really bad about doing that. But like, it's just the way it is. I know how you feel. <laughs> I know I'm now, sitting yeah. here right now. Yeah, it's a it's an awkward position to be in, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, you don't have to like try and talk yourself out of it. If Although you like, it, at, you like it at the same time, I, I mean, I don't really like this episode that much. So like, I'm, I'm not going to go to bat for it. It's not like a situation like Jack and the gangsters or like Jack is naked where it's like your favorite episode. And I don't like it. I love Jack is naked. I know that's, that's, that's not where we are with this one. It's, it's kind of a, I'm, I'm closer to your opinion than I think I might be letting on. So, um, well, yeah, let's, I mean, that's, yeah, that's fair. You did say you were kind of in the middle on this one. So, yeah. If I'm if I'm just towards the bottom, then we're not too far off. That's fine. Uh, we're we're in agreement in in most respects. <laughs> in some ways, yeah. That's fine. Uh, okay, that was episode forty nine of Samurai Jack: The Four Seasons of Death. Perhaps they should have just made it the two really interesting seasons <laughs> of two, death. The two seasons of death and the two seasons of what the fuck is going on? And these two little things that Jack is. <laughs> tangentially related to um okay that that was that episode uh brendan it's that wonderful wonderful time that we all love so much it's it's that time where i ask you to please delight our listeners by singing them the email song but 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 email but but email that's it i'm raising no, the roof no full length email song sorry only a full length email remix I don't. Yeah, I, I couldn't possibly sit through the entire thing. We've been going long enough here. Uh, thank you for the the shortened version of the actual email song. You're welcome. We got an email from Matthew who has written into us. Uh, I think a few times, maybe just once, but before. Regardless. Welcome back, Matthew. Good to hear from you again. Yeah, thanks for writing it again. Uh, and in quotations, it starts out. Sounds like someone stepped on a cat with a question mark. 
and he says, I, for one, could have used a Scotsman spinoff. And we've talked about this at length, I feel, at this point. Yes. Uh, many times we've talked about the Scotsman spinoff. Uh, and we I don't think we ever landed anywhere on it. I think we always go back and forth on whether or not we think it'd be a good idea. But um, Matthew, I believe, is is the listener who originally e- emailed us the line about stepping on a cat when we mm. saw the Scotsman uh, for the first time. All those oh, those many moons ago. We um, were so young. We just didn't know, you know, what life <laughs> held in store for us. And, and we've come this this whole way since then. And uh, who, who knows what will be next on this this journey that we're taking together. Um, but Matthew has been along for uh, with us for, you know, at least that long. So we, we thank him for that. And uh, yeah, I believe he's specifically referring to the episode that we watched recently. Uh, the Scotsman Saves Jack parts yes. one and two. Uh, which is evidenced by Matthew going on to say, also, The Rime of the Ancient Mariner, which is the uh, yeah. story the old sailor in that episode was trying to tell right. uh, the Scotsman. Uh, he says that is an actual poem from the late 1700s England. Uh, he's also included with that uh, what appears to be a synopsis of the story. Uh, it is still it is still kind of long, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to I'll try to skim through it and. Give everyone the gist. Uh, and if you'd like to know the whole thing, you can check it out. Just look up the Rime of the Ancient Mariner. Uh, anyway. The bullet points. Yeah, the got? story is about a mariner who is recounting to anyone who will listen a time that he was uh, out sailing. Uh, they got stuck in uh, an expedition to the Antarctic and ended up needing to follow an albatross, which the old man mentions in the episode. <laughs> Very excited uh, to mention the albatross. Yeah, they follow the albatross out of the ice, uh, and the mariner shoots the bird down oh after God. they escape. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and the crew uh, is pissed about it because it is an old sailor's wisdom that uh, killing a seabird is bad luck, uh, which you might also know if you've seen The Lighthouse, the recent film. Yeah. That's a huge plot point in that movie as well. Okay. Uh, and it turns out that it was bad luck because the ship ends up getting stuck in the equator uh, where there's no currents in the water. So they're just dead in the water. Uh, they end up tying this mariner to the mast and putting the dead bird around his neck. Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then as they are all about to die, another ship shows up uh, and life and death are aboard that ship. And they play a game to bet on whether or not the, the crew will make it. The crew all dies. The mariner uh, blacks out and it makes it back to shore. Uh, and feels that he must now tell this story to anyone who will listen uh, or else the death will come to the world. Uh, and so I believe that character in that episode was supposed to be the Mariner. Oh, that's fun. And that's why he's really trying to tell people the story over oh, I like and over. That. Yeah. So they actually play with the idea that, yeah, like he's desperately trying to tell the Scotsman this story and the Scotsman doesn't want to hear it. But yeah, it, it is because like he feels that he has to based yeah. on like the actual. OK, that you know what? Hey. They at <laughs> when it happened in the episode, I had no fucking idea like what they yeah. were going at. And the whole thing about the albatross, like you found very silly and it was very silly, but it turns out to be like a very important plot point. <laughs> like a major story. Plot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that. Yeah, I think that's fun because at face value, the old man in that episode was just kind of like a wacky old guy trying to tell stories. Right. But like actually having some context for it kind of makes they it were pretty actually cool, like doing something. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool, it's a better joke now, and it's a heavier scene. 
Right. Because you're that like, oh, my God, this guy's like, this guy's insane and feels like he needs to tell them or everyone's going to die. <laughs> like, that puts everything in such a different light <laughs> for us having known that. That's yeah, that is <laughs> insane. Yeah, uh, it's pretty good, though. Thank you for filling us in on that, Matthew. Sorry, I didn't read out your whole your whole write up. You, you did a very good job summarizing it. But. Uh, yeah, Matthew, thank you. That 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 is like tremendous context for what was yeah at first like a very silly and like nonsensical moment that i i don't think we would have ever been able to explain unless we had done like as much research as it seems you did and and we appreciate you taking the time to do that and yeah. kind of inform everybody listening to the show that's yeah that's very cool help. i learned something today and that's what this is all about baby you know we're just trying to put a little spark in the minds of <laughs> a generation of youths watching cartoons from 20 years ago <laughs> i hope there aren't too many youths listening to our show uh why because we say words like piss. we say we say naughty words yeah we say fart but but oh, oh shit you're gonna get us <laughs> kicked off the air bastard <laughs> twitter <laughs> uh po- politics <laughs> whoa now <laughs> Oh, ooh, too spicy. Ooh, my tongue, it's on fire. Too spicy. Uh, yes, thank you, Matthew. Uh, thank you Great very much. email. Um, gotta recap at gmail.com. Uh, let us know if you have thoughts on Samurai Jack or Cartoon Network uh, or our podcast or any other clarifying info on stuff that we talked about in episodes where it seemed like we didn't really have any idea what the fuck we were talking about and might have even made fun of some stuff that happened on the show. Uh, if you have any sort of extra details about that, like Matthew had, uh, that really does help color the experience for everyone. So, like, definitely yep, send yep. those our way and uh, we will read them on the show and kind of, uh, yeah, keep, keep everyone in 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 touch with. What what Gandhi was really trying to say? Yeah, yeah. Really inform all those jokes. <laughs> let's let's get a little context. There's nothing better than in a joke than explaining what the joke really means. <laughs> I mean, in this case, I I am grateful for it. Actually, I, yeah. I, I, without it, we would have never had any idea. We're just what a guy. We're he's just some goofy old man telling a story. Just some weird old fisherman who loves albatrosses. <laughs> um. Yes. Got to recap at gmail dot com. Uh, head to at Gotta Recap on social media. Join in the conversation with us there. Uh, at the same time, head to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Drop us a five star review. Uh, that is a big help for helping you know this this show spread its wings and, and land in the podcast feeds of of all those people out there who don't know enough about albatrosses and life and death and the equator and and other details from that story that we just read. I feel like I should remember more of it, Brendan, because you just read it to me. No, you got most of it. I think the only thing you missed was the ice maze. There was a, yeah, it was very cold for a while. Yeah. Uh, Other than that, I think you hit hit on all the the key moments. There was a big blizzard and the uh, sailors like forged a sword and and (laughs) had a great tournament as to who could wield it. So I think we got the details down. Um, Yes. Uh, Definitely uh, do all of those things that I just told you to do. <laughs> do them. Please. Brendan, it's, you know, it's like we said earlier, it's it's springtime here. We've got all the pollen going around. Um, I'm feeling, yeah, you know, maybe a little a little stuffy. I got some mm-hmm. some of that extra yellow stuff floating into my my many face orifices. Just stuffed up all up in your nasal. Uh, I'm going to have to go. 
blow that out. Uh, just like this episode was a real blowout because it was so long. It was, yes. But it was worth it. Uh, we had a fun time covering all those. Just like we'll have a fun time covering next week's episode, which, Brendan, is episode 50. Oh, my God. Yes. Feels like we should do something for it. Feels like we should do a little something special. We'll uh, try to figure out that out, but probably we'll end up falling on our faces coming up with plans for that as yep. we usually do. And we just won't mention it. Really, the biggest fuck up we've ever made was releasing a episode <laughs> on May the 4th, where the entire episode was very heavily Star Wars themed, and we didn't reference the fact that it was coming out on May the 4th a single time. Nope. Not once. We didn't, we didn't know. We no, didn't know no, when we, we were recording we, it. We could have looked at a calendar at any point. And actually, you know what? At one point, we probably did like figure out when each episode was coming out. But at that point, I didn't know what the episode was, so I wouldn't have thought of it. We very majorly beefed it. Uh, and we apologize for that. And we will try to beef it no no longer. Only A-plus material from this point going forward, starting with episode 50 next week. So we will catch you all then. Thank you all so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.